0: Well, I want you to take your Bibles this morning and I want you to go with me to Romans chapter 8 to Romans chapter 8. Now we're going to be looking at a lot of different passages of scripture today as I normally do I hope you have a piece of paper. I hope you have something to write with But most of the scriptures that I'm going to be looking at today are going to come from Romans chapter 8 So if you have your Bibles this morning You can open them there so that you can read along with me. You can underline. You can highlight so that later, as you are reflecting more deeply on what we talk about today, you can get a better understanding so that you can have a better application of God's Word. I started this series last week, and I shared with you that it's going to be a short series, but this series called The Weapons of Our Warfare. And the apostle Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 3 through 5. He said, "For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. And it's no secret that we are in a battle. We are in a war." And many times that war is taking place in our minds with our thoughts. What we choose to believe. Are we going to choose to believe the lies of the devil or are we going to believe the truth? Of God's Word and that's what we talked about last week. I talked to you about the power of truth The power that truth has to demolish strongholds and Paul goes on and he says that The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. They're not carnal fleshly weapons but he said on the contrary they have divine power and the reason why they have divine power is because these are God's weapons Because they are God's weapons, they are divine weapons. That means that they have much power. They have mighty power. And so he said it's not weapons of the flesh, not carnal weapons, but it's divine weapons that we've been given to demolish strongholds. Another translation says fortresses. And we talked last week about how the enemy with his lies tries to construct strongholds or forts or barriers in our minds and the purpose for him wanting to create those barriers those forts those strongholds in our minds is to keep us from receiving the knowledge of God he goes on and says that in verse 5 he said we demolish arguments and every pretension every lie every idea every opinion that is contrary to truth that is contrary to the Word of God we demolish Those arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against, there's a picture again of that barrier, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So the enemy is doing his best. The devil is doing his best to try to keep you from a knowledge of who God is and also a knowledge of what God has in store for each and every one of us as a believer. We talked last week about how important it is that we understand our position in Christ and that our position is in Christ. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the enemy will try to come with his lies to try to move us away from that position in Christ. He'll come with his lies. And that's why Paul said in Ephesians 6 that we've got to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand And and I said last week that to put on the armor of God really is to put on Christ. Because he said, put on the belt of truth. Christ is truth. The breastplate of righteousness. He is the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He is our righteousness. The shoes of peace. He is the one who causes us to have peace and makes it possible for us to have peace with God. And on and on we could go. So to put on the armor is to to put on Christ, to be in Christ. And so last week we talked about the power of truth to demolish the stronghold, the lies of the enemy that keeps us from receiving the knowledge of God. And I'm convinced that one of the things that the enemy does not want us to have knowledge of is this next weapon That I'm going to talk to you about this morning. He does not want us to have a knowledge of how powerful prayer is Because he understands that if we ever discover the power of prayer and if we ever begin to actually pray he knows He knows that he doesn't stand a chance now. Let me remind you that we are not fighting for victory We are fighting from victory Jesus has already won the victory. He's already won the battle at the cross. He accomplished every, everything that, that needed to be defeated. He conquered it. He conquered sin. He conquered death. He conquered the devil. He did all of that at the cross. So we, and, and now that we are in Christ, we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. And if He, he, he understands that if we ever get a knowledge of how powerful prayer is, He knows how victorious and what kind of an overcoming life we can begin to live and what kind of windows and doors of heaven we can open through the power of our prayers. And so this morning I want to talk to you about the power of prayer, but more specifically than that, I want to talk to you about the power of praying in the Spirit. All right? now now i know that i'm in a pentecostal church this morning and for the most part when i say that i'm going to talk about the power of praying in the spirit what's the first thing that comes to your mind praying in tongues praying in the language of the spirit but what we're going to see this morning is that even though praying in the spirit includes praying with tongues it's not limited To praying in tongues you see I can pray in English and still be praying in the spirit we need to understand that this morning that that just because you're praying in English doesn't mean that you are not praying in the spirit but now also it does include that prayer language that I believe is available to every believer that Praying in the Spirit can be the language of the Spirit, can be praying in tongues, but it's not limited to that. It is so much more than that. Look at a few scriptures here, if you would. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, this is where Paul has just given us the armor that we are to put on, and at the end of that, he says this, he says, He has just said to put on the helmet of salvation, praying in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Now listen, I don't think that Paul has in mind here that every second of every minute of every hour of every day that we are to be praying. But I think what he's saying is is that every time we do pray, And on every occasion that we pray, it needs to be us praying in the Spirit, not in our flesh. Especially when it comes to things like public prayer. Because sometimes, if we're not careful, when it comes to public prayer, we're praying to impress people with our words. We're praying to impress people with our prayers. But Paul said that when you pray pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion it needs to be spiritual prayers that you are praying and then he said stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere now i didn't put verse 19 up but i should have because it's a very important verse Because a lot of people when they read this, most Pentecostals when they read this, say that praying in the Spirit here is referring to praying in tongues. And it could include that. But it is not limited to that. Because in the next verse, verse 19, Paul actually tells them what to pray. He said, I want you to pray for me First of all, that I will speak the words that God wants me to speak. And that secondly, I will have the boldness to be able to do that. So he's not just talking about praying in an unknown tongue. He's also talking about praying in a known tongue because he said, Here's what I want you to pray. Pray for me that I will say what needs to be said, that I will speak the truth, and also pray for me that I will have the boldness to do that. So, Ephesians 6, 18, pray in the Spirit. Jude, verse 20, says this, But you, beloved, talking about those of us who are followers of Christ, he said, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to explain that in just a moment, what praying in the Holy Spirit fully means and fully entails. Now, as I said, praying in the Spirit can include praying in tongues. It can be praying in an unknown language. And we see that specifically mentioned here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. But let me say this. Now listen, I am a Pentecostal born and bred through and through. I, like the Apostle Paul pray that I can speak in tongues more than all of you I I pray that I pray that my prayer language will will consistently have have release in my life because I believe in the power of that but listen to me 20 different times in the New Testament we read about this phrase praying in the spirit but this is the only time in 1 corinthians 14 and 15 that it specifically says that praying in the spirit is praying in tongues or praying in unknown languages and it's very clear here that that's what he's talking about he said i paul said i will pray in the spirit and i will also pray in words that i understand i will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words that I understand. So evidently Paul is saying there is a prayer language that I can speak in that I don't understand. He even goes on and says that when I pray in a tongue, my mind is unfruitful. In other words, my mind doesn't comprehend it. And that's why it's so hard for people to release the prayer language that I believe the Holy Spirit wants every believer to have. It's because we've got so many analytical people in the body of Christ that if they can't understand it, if they can't comprehend it, if it's not fruitful, then they don't see it. fruitful to their mind, that is. Then they don't see the need for it. But Paul said, it's not fruitful to my mind when I pray in the Spirit. I don't understand what I'm saying. My mind doesn't comprehend it, but he said it bears witness. When the Spirit of God prays through me, it bears witness with me that the prayer." that needed to be prayed got prayed amen and and so he's very clear here that praying in tongues praying in an unknown language is is biblical there there is absolutely nothing in scripture that teaches against it but it's not limited to that that that's and, and, and I believe that even in a lot of the minds of Pentecostals, the enemy has been able to construct a barrier. The enemy has been able to construct a stronghold in our minds because we think that praying in the Spirit is limited to praying in tongues. But it isn't. It's so much more than that. So let's talk about that for just a moment. What is praying in the Spirit? What does it really mean? Well, I believe that the best way to get the answer to that is let Scripture interpret Scripture. And when the Bible talks about praying in the Spirit, that phrase, in the Spirit, comes from a Greek word, one Greek word that has four different meanings to it. Now, I know that's hard for us sometimes to understand as well because in the English language, every word pretty much has one meaning. But that's not the case in the Greek language. In the Greek language, some words can have several different meanings. And, and this phrase, in the Spirit, has four different meanings. That the Greek word has four different meanings. Here, here's what one meaning is. To pray in the Spirit is prayer by means of the Holy Spirit. It's prayer by means of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I am absolutely dependent upon the holy spirit if my prayers are going to be powerful if my prayers are going to be effective if my prayers are going to touch the throne room of god then it has to be not by the means of my flesh, but it's by the means of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 tells us that, 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 uh, that prayer, that, that this, uh, talks about that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of prayer and supplication. And so to pray in the Spirit, it just simply means to, to pray by means of the Spirit, to be dependent upon the Spirit. But But not only does it mean by means of the Holy Spirit it also means with the help of the Holy Spirit and I love this because of the song that, 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 that the choir just sang, that hallelujah, I am not alone. And you need to understand this morning that prayer is not something that, that was ever intended for you to do alone. But there is somebody that is there to help you with your prayers, to help you when you are praying. A good example of that would be if somebody's trying to move a heavy box and it's too heavy for them, then I'm going to go over I'm going to get on one side of the box and they're going to get on the other side of the box and together we are stronger than just one working by himself and so together we are able to pick up that box and we are to carry the box and that's what this means when it talks about praying in the spirit it means that we are not praying alone but that there is one who is working together with us to help us when we pray and that helper that Jesus talked about is the Holy Spirit and so to pray in the spirit means to pray with the help of the Holy Spirit to pray together With the Holy Spirit But it also means this It is prayer in the sphere Of the Holy Spirit That's why it's important That if you're going to pray In the Spirit That you have to be filled With the Spirit And controlled by the Spirit Now we we, we know That for a fish That a fish thrives In its environment Doesn't it? But if a fish ever gets outside of its environment, if a fish, and we've called, we, we know the phrase, like a fish out of water. And what does that fish do when it's out of water? It flips and it flops and, it's, and, and it gets weary trying to continue to live, trying to grasp another breath. And that's the way it is with you and I. When to, to pray in the Spirit means to pray in the sphere of the Spirit. We were created to live in the environment and in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit and anytime we as believers step outside of that environment step outside of that atmosphere we're like a fish out of water we cannot survive outside of that environment we cannot survive outside of that atmosphere we may flip and we may flop and we'll weary ourselves out trying to live but eventually we will die that's why we've got to stay in that environment we've got to stay in the sphere of the Holy Spirit and To pray in the Spirit means to pray in the presence, in the locality, in the sphere of the Holy Spirit. But then here's a fourth thing that it means, and that is it is prayer in connection to the Holy Spirit. For anything to fulfill its purpose, it has to be connected to the source of life. Anything that has to be plugged into a power source to work, it cannot fulfill its purpose unless it's plugged into, connected to that power source. And listen, the source of life for you and me, the source of power for you and me, the source of peace for you and me is the Holy Spirit. And so we've got to be connected. And so to pray in the Spirit means to be connected to the Holy Spirit means to be connected to life means to be connected to power means to be connected to wisdom and connected to knowledge i I like it i like this that, that 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 george lawrence lawler said about praying in the spirit he said that praying in the holy spirit is praying out of hearts and souls that are indwelt illuminated and filled with the holy spirit So to sum it up, I believe this is what it means to pray in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit should be understood as praying in the power of the Spirit by the leading of the Spirit according to His will. Let me read that one more time. Praying in the Spirit is praying in the power of the Spirit by the leading of the Spirit and according to His will. It's not limited, it includes, but it's not limited to just praying in tongues. It is praying in power, it is praying with the leading of the Spirit, and it is praying the will of the Spirit that the will of God would be done. Because anytime we pray something outside of the will of God, we are not. praying in the spirit we have jumped into praying in our flesh so let me tell you why this is so important why do we need to pray in the Holy Spirit and I'm hoping that we will understand this morning what what a powerful weapon this is we have you see the Bible doesn't just instruct us to pray the Bible says pray in the spirit now, why? Why do we need, what's the purpose of praying in the Spirit? Well, one of the purposes is because of this problem that we have of indifference, apathy, spiritual lethargy. Is there anybody here this morning besides me? And I'm just gonna be transparent with you today, but is there anybody else here this morning that's just sometimes you just don't wanna pray? You need to just go ahead and admit it You you just don't want to pray You don't have a desire to pray You hear about some of these people that Talk about how much they love to pray and how they can't wait For 21 days of prayer when the church is open at 5 o'clock in the morning And I can get there at 5 o'clock in the morning and I can spend two hours praying in the presence of God and you look at them like they're crazy like Why don't, is something wrong with me that I don't have that kind of a desire to pray? Is something wrong with me that there are times in my life when I just, I don't want to pray? What's the problem here? Well, Paul tells us what the problem is in Romans 8, verses 5 through 8. He said, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Why? Because you were created to live in the environment of the Holy Spirit. And as long as you're in the Spirit, as long as you're walking in the Spirit, it is life and peace. But to be in the flesh is death. It's what happens to a fish. Out of water it eventually dies it will flip and flop and weary itself to death but he said to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life in peace now look at this he said because the carnal mind is enmity against God and that word enmity simply means an enemy that there is a battle that there is a war that is going on between our spirit And between our flesh you know about that I've talked to you about that already and he said about this carnal mind he said it is not subject to the law of God nor indeed can be so then those who are in the flesh look at this this is so important those who are in the flesh cannot please God now I want to please God how about you but I cannot please God as long as I am in the flesh And so look at what he says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 17. He said the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Did you know that if it were not for the spirit of God living on the inside of us, we would never have the desire to pray? Because our flesh doesn't desire the things of God. So no wonder sometimes you feel like you don't want to pray. No wonder you don't feel like you have a desire to pray. That's the nature of the carnal mind. That's the nature of our flesh. But he said, the spirit, though, gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. And these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your good intentions. I want, I, well, you know, sometimes I feel like I want to, but it's like Paul said, you know, I, I don't do what I want to do and what I don't want to do, I do. And it's a tongue twister. If I could quote it all, I would. But it's because of this battle that's going on between our flesh. That unredeemed sinful nature of man that flesh and the spirit that has been redeemed the spirit that has been quickened the spirit that has been brought to life the spirit that knows the will of God and wants to pray the will of God and so the reason why I've got to pray in the spirit is because it is the spirit that gives life it is the spirit that gives power listen to what Jesus said in John 6 and 63 he said it is is the spirit who gives life the flesh profits nothing the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life it is the spirit of God that gives you the desire to pray it is the spirit of God that gives you the want to to pray it is the spirit of God that helps you recognize your need to pray and so we have to pray in the spirit because the only other way to pray is in our flesh and the flesh doesn't produce anything the flesh doesn't get any answers the flesh profits nothing but when you pray in the Spirit things begin to happen and things begin to turn around in your life amen I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit this morning so the question is who you gonna listen to you gonna listen to your flesh or are you going to listen to your spirit Here's here's the next reason why we need to pray in the Spirit is because of our impotence. We we, we have an inability. We have a a weakness. Really, we don't have a weakness. Paul says we have weaknesses, plural, Because, because listen to what he said. He said, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, talking about our inability to do things. He could even be speaking here about our physical weakness. Do you remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he called Peter, James, and John to come and help pray with him? And he took Peter, James, and John into the Garden and he said, he he said, you know, this is the most difficult, trying time of my life. I need you to pray for me. I need you to watch. I need you to pray. And then Jesus leaves them and goes back to his place of prayer. And about an hour later... He comes back, and look at what he finds. He came to the disciples and found them doing what? Sleeping. Has that ever happened to you? It has happened to me. That's why I have to be careful about my posture of prayer. If you ever come to a prayer meeting with me, I walk when I pray. Because if I sit and pray, if I lay down and pray, I can guarantee you in just a few minutes... I'm gonna be out. I'm gonna be asleep because I don't have the physical stamina that it takes to pray. Because when you are praying in your flesh, nothing is more wearisome, nothing is more tiring than praying in your flesh. But he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? You ever thought about that? God, what's wrong with me? Why can't I pray at least an hour? I pray five minutes, and then I've run out of things to pray. I pray five minutes, and I'm asleep. I pray five minutes, and I'm weary, and I'm tired. And Jesus goes on and says, Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh... Is weak. That's why Paul said this in Romans 8 and 11. He said that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? the choir just sang about it, lives in you and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead he will give life to your mortal bodies, not your immortal body, not your glorified body, but he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you, you see, when you pray in the spirit, you're praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and that's why Paul said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Because the spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. But not only is the spirit willing. Look at what Paul said in Philippians 2.13. He said that God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You see, that's the way the Spirit of God works on the inside of us. He doesn't just give you a desire to pray. He also gives you the power to pray, the power to overcome your weaknesses. Why don't you thank God this morning for the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Hang with me a few more minutes. Here's the third reason why we need to pray in the Spirit is because of our ignorance. And I don't mean that as an insult. I'm talking about our ignorance as it relates to the will of God. Now, now let me tell you one of the reasons why it's so important that we pray in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Because if we're not careful, many times when we go to God in prayer, we're telling God what flesh wants. And let me tell you why you can pray in English and still be praying in the spirit. Because sometimes you can know the will of God, but you don't want to pray the will of God. You pray your own will. Well, God, I know what that's what you want. Oh, God, I know what that you say in your word, but God, this is what I want. And you know the will of God, and you can pray the will of God in English. You can do that and you're still praying in the spirit because you're praying the will of God according to the Word of God but notice what he says here in Romans 8 26 27 he says likewise the spirit also helps our weaknesses we don't just have one we have many weaknesses but one of them is this he said for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought anybody ever been there before you just don't know what the will of God is it could be that way, you know, like if you're praying for a, a, grand, a grandparent or a great-grandparent, maybe 80, 90 years old, and, and they're suffering in their body, and you don't know what to pray. You don't know, God, is it your will to take them on to be to heaven with you, or God, is it your will to keep them here? I like what Adrian Rogers said. He said, sometimes we pray more trying to keep people out of heaven, trying to keep saints out of heaven than we do trying to get sinners out of hell makes sense doesn't it and sometimes we do we pray more about trying to keep the Saints from getting to heaven than we do praying about lost people not going to hell rescuing them from hell but notice what he said he said we do not know what we should pray for as we ought and so notice what he says here he says but the spirit himself Now, some of you have a King James Version Bible, and it says the Spirit itself. Bad translation. Holy Spirit is not an it. Holy Spirit is a person. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said that the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered this is the third time in this passage that he's talked about groanings he talked about how all of creation is groaning waiting for the adoption of the sons of God that is creation is waiting for that moment when Jesus is going to establish his kingdom and everything's going to be put back in order again just like it was in the Garden of Eden and all of creation is groaning and a lot of people believe that's why there are earthquakes and and that's why there are, are so many different kinds of storms and natural disasters. because all of creation is groaning and then he says also that we those that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus he said we are groaning also waiting for the redemption of our bodies so that we can get rid of this carnal fleshly nature and put on our glorified body we're groaning and then he says there's a time when we don't know how to pray and that's when the Holy Spirit helps us he prays together with us and he himself did you hear that? It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you praying through you with groanings which cannot be uttered. And that word groanings is, is a picture of a woman who is in child, who, who is in labor about to give birth to a child. And some of you ladies who have been there, there's some groanings, there's some sighs, there's some things coming out of your mouth. And even though you're saying something, we really can't understand what you're saying you're expressing yourself but not with words that can be uttered and sometimes that's what happens when we don't know there are times when we do know the will of God and we need to pray accordingly there are sometimes when we don't know the will of God and we need to humble ourselves and admit it and say Holy Spirit I need you to pray this one through me because I know Holy Spirit that the Bible says that you're the one who searches the hearts and knows what the mind of the spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God and when the Holy Spirit prays through you he's praying the will of God it may be in a language you don't understand it may be in tongues but you will know this that even though your mind doesn't understand what's being prayed God knows and God is able to interpret that prayer because it's coming from your heart and God gets the message and because the Holy Spirit prayed it then it's according to God's will and not outside of the will of God because to pray in the spirit is to pray according to God's will Look at this scripture in Isaiah 11 and 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him talking about the Messiah, Jesus to come. Said that the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, that's the same spirit who lives on the inside of you. And if you will just tune in and listen to the Holy Spirit, he can give you wisdom. He can give you understanding. He can give you counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And you can know that when the Holy Spirit is praying through you, that he's praying wisdom. He's praying understanding. He's praying counsel. He's praying mind. he's praying knowledge. He prays according to the will of God. And so we need to pray in the Spirit because of our ignorance. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Have you ever been in prayer and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit puts somebody in your heart and in your mind and you're like, where in the world did that come from? Listen, when the Holy Spirit does that, one good way to quench the holy spirit is to not pray for what he's putting in your heart to pray if he puts something in your heart and on your mind to pray you better stop right there right then and pray it Because I've had that happen to me before in prayer. All of a sudden, God would put somebody on my heart. I might not have known what their need was, but I would begin to intercede and I would begin to pray for them. And later I would run into them and they would say, you're not going to believe what happened to me at about 11 o'clock today. I almost died in a car accident. And all of a sudden, it would come back to my memory. The Holy Spirit had me praying for you this morning because you see the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God and the will of God and He knows who needs to be prayed for and He knows what needs to be prayed for. He sees things that we don't see and knows things that we don't know. Praying in the Spirit. Here's here's the fourth thing. I'm going to wrap it up. We need to pray in the Spirit because of interference. Paul said it like this. He said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Don't you ever forget that darkness... Is between you and where your prayers are going and the answers are coming from you remember Daniel Daniel chapter 10 i not going to tell you the whole story he got his very last vision Daniel did and the vision was about the future of his people and it troubled him because he didn't completely understand it so he began to pray and he began to fast and for 21 days he's praying and he's fasting and nothing is happening listen sometimes when your prayers are being delayed It could be because of a spiritual war that's taking place in the heavenlies that's trying to keep you from getting the wisdom and the knowledge that you need. Look at what happened here. It says, then finally the angel arrived and said, Don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven, and I've come in answer. To what? I've come in answer to your prayer. But for 21 days the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael one of the archangels came to help me and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I'm here to explain what will happen to your people in the future for this vision concerns a time yet to come. 21 days no answer. Some of you are like, well I've been going 21 weeks and 21 months. Some of you 21 years. <laughs> But Daniel understood that there was an interference that was going on in the heavenlies that was hindering the answer to his prayers but that didn't stop him he kept praying he kept fasting he kept believing and sooner or later he got that breakthrough that answer that he was looking for that's why we have to pray in the Spirit guys it's because of the interference and we've got to continue in the Spirit continue to pray in the Spirit until things break loose and the answer comes and then here's the last reason and team you can go ahead and come we need to pray in the spirit because of inaccessibility inaccessibility listen to what Paul said here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 18 he said for through him that is Jesus we both and he's talking about Jews and Gentiles he said we both have access by one spirit to the Father fleshly carnal selfish prayers do not get you into the throne room only prayers prayed in the Spirit because here's what the Bible tells us the Bible tells us that you and I we have access Because of the blood of Jesus. That gives us the right as sons and daughters of God into the throne room of God. That gives us the right, but the Holy Spirit, listen to me, the Holy Spirit gives us the power. Because when we begin to pray in the Spirit, it's as if the Holy Spirit takes us by the hand and he says, Come on with me. And he leads us into the throne room. He leads us into the presence of God the Father. And you know what the good news is? When it comes to prayer, not only do you have the Holy Spirit praying through you, but the Bible says that Christ Jesus, who died, rose again, and is alive, is seated right now at the right hand of God the Father. And do you know what He's doing? He's making intercession for you. So you got the Holy Spirit praying through you, and you got Jesus praying for you. Wow. That's the power of prayer, the power of praying in the Spirit. And I'm just gonna tell you, there's some strongholds in your life that are not coming down. There's some things in your life that are not going to break apart from spirit led prayer. Praying in the power. Praying with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Praying the will of the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me here this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So now you understand why the Apostle Paul say says praying in the Spirit at all times On every occasion every time you go to prayer should be praying in the Spirit Every time you lead a prayer should be praying in the Spirit the power the guidance the will of the Holy Spirit Father Strongholds are coming down in Jesus' name. And today we have discovered what praying in the Holy Spirit means in its fullness. Not only have we discovered what it means, but we've also learned the purpose, the reason why we need to be praying in the Holy Spirit. It's because your spirit enables, your spirit gives us the desire to pray, and not just the desire to pray, but the power to do it. Your your spirit reveals to us the will of God, and even when we don't know the will of God, you pray through us, and it bears witness with our spirit that the prayer that needed to be prayed to align with God's word and God's will was prayed Father we thank you that to pray in the Holy Spirit helps us with our issue of interference that nothing can open up the heavens nothing can clear a path between us and you like spirit empowered prayer wow And that it gives us access, the power to come straight into your throne room. To make our requests and our petitions known to you. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus this morning, this morning. That the enemy will not allow to keep us, is not allowed to keep us from the truth and the knowledge of your word. And what your word says about the power of praying in the Holy Spirit. God, may this truth come alive in each and every one of us. Father, just like Elijah, God, I want to see prayers like Elijah prayed. When the Bible said that he prayed that it wouldn't rain and for three and a half years it didn't rain. And he was praying what you told him to pray. He was praying according to your will. He was praying in the power of your spirit. And then when it was time for the famine to be over, you told him to pray again that it would rain and he prayed and the windows of heaven opened up and rain came, rain poured. And that's why James tells us that the effective, fervent prayers, spirit-led prayers, praying in the Spirit, effectual, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. It gets results, it gets answers which we must ask ourselves this morning, Holy Spirit, if we're not getting answers, are we praying in the Spirit? Or are we praying in our flesh? God, help us this morning. We need you. We, we, we know that even our prayers, Lord, are powerless without you and apart from you. We need your help. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Can we just give God some praise? Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.